now we are in the process of having that tape and the same thing happened out in Colorado that we're having both analyzed by a speech linguist. Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcaller's is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Night Callers, which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Welcome to the Bigfoot Society Podcast. Join me, your host, Jeremiah Byron, as I uncover the stories behind the people who make the wonderfully weird and unexplained their life's work. We love chatting about cryptids and creatures that defy logic, but that won't stop us from having people show up that you might not expect. A little bit of this American life and a little bit of in search of is what you're about to experience. So sit back, put your headphones on, put your phone in your pocket, and relax with your favorite beverage as I uncover the stories behind your favorite entertainers, researchers, and people you've never heard of in this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. This week we've got Harriet McFeely and Kenny Collins, the Bigfoot Lady and Bigfoot Guy of Nebraska. Uh, we're going to talk all about the Nebraska Bigfoot Crossroads of America Museum and Research Center, the Nebraska Bigfoot Conference. We're going to talk about what happened with Dr. Bertsev's presentation in that conference, which you're all aware of what happened there. And we're going to talk about much, much more. This is a super fun episode. I'm glad Kenny was along for the ride as well. So sit back, enjoy this one. Uh, you're going to have a good time. All right, Bigfoot Society, uh, thanks for coming back. Uh, we have a special interview tonight. I am talking to uh, Harriet McFeely, uh, the official uh, Nebraska uh, Bigfoot lady. Um, and also, uh, we have a friend, uh, Kenny along as well, who is the official uh, Nebraska Bigfoot guy. And these are like official titles from the state of Nebraska. So it's a pretty big deal. Uh, so thanks for, for being on with me, uh, guys, to talk about different things to do with Nebraska and Bigfoot. Uh, is there anything else you would want the listeners to know about yourself to give uh, context uh, for the interview that we're about to have? Um, I would just say Kenny and I are partners. We have a, a the only Nebraska Bigfoot Museum here in Hastings. And we also host um, a conference every single year. Mm. Um, and it, it's the only one in Nebraska. And um, so it is, it is one that I, I have not gone to it yet. And it kills me because like, so I live in central Iowa. So it's like, it's, I mean, if you look at the people that have come to this conference in the past, you've got uh, Danny Perez there. You've got, uh, I think Dr. Meldrum has showed up to that before. 
right. Bob Gimlin. You've had uh, Cliff Berrickman. I think you've had Bobo too, right? You've had like the right. big names. Um, so really there's no, there's no, uh, uh, reason I, I shouldn't have gone yet, but I'm, uh, I'll, I'll get there eventually. I'm saving up some, uh, some coin, right? It's about, I think it's about four hour drive <clears throat> from central Iowa, That's but, okay. um, <clears throat> so Harry, I would like to know, uh, first things first, and, uh, this question can go for Kenny as well. So what was it that got you both originally into Bigfoot or cryptozoology? What was the main thing that really, you know, sucked you into looking for Bigfoot and being interested in that? I can remember it very well. It was 1953 and I'm sure wow. you were not even born then. I'm sure but my father was not even born yet. Oh. <laughs> 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 anyway. Uh, on TV, I was eight years old, wow. and Sir Ed Hillary climbed to the top of Mount Everest the end of May, and as he wow. was going up the mountain, there was, I don't know, two or three huge, big, giant footprints in front of him, mm. and I photographed because they laid a pickaxe down next to uh, the footprint, and I, I looked at that, and I knew zero, nothing. But um, I believed because I thought, first of all, nobody in their right mind would be up on Mount Everest when the snow True. was 40 is deep and the temperature was probably that much below also. And um, that started me on the journey. I've been oh, on man. it ever since. I love that. I love that. And Kenny, what about you? Um, well, it's probably... Uh in my uh, teens and oh, about 15 had a chance to go see uh, a movie it was either planet of the apes or legend of boggy creek and totally so the th other three guys went and saw planet of the apes and i went and saw the legend of boggy creek so when we all got out of theaters of course they're running around a small town in nebraska like a bunch of apes and monkeys and i'm running around a small town in shock <laughs> and that's what, that's, that's what kind of got the uh seed started in me to think you know what are we and and uh, what is that and when i get older i will find out and that's awesome 30 years later like between me and harriet alone there's there's 60 years easy between us wow wow it's, it starts out either by uh, a story you hear or a movie you hear or um, a sighting. Yeah. And you just, you just grow from there. So. So Harriet, you're, you're, let's say you said you're eight years old and 53. But I'm actually correct. only 30. Around... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> In okay. So then my question is, how well do you remember 67? My age 67 or, 19, or no, the, so 1967 when you had I really a remember it extremely well because that oh, was really? 1967 when Roger Patterson shot mm -hmm. the famous film of Patty walking down Bluff Creek. And that's another th image that's stamped in my brain forever. And 
just as an aside, um, a few years ago, it was the 50th anniversary of mm-hmm. that film. I was invited. I went to California to oh, the wow. big celebration, and I walked all the way down to the bottom of Bluff Creek, and I walked where Patty actually walked. Oh, that's cool. And then later, <laughs> they wrote a newspaper article and said I was the oldest woman that ever walked down to Bluff Creek, and I also made it back to the top. <laughs> So, uh, who, who do you remember, uh, you're walking down to bluff Creek who was walking with you? That's always a fun question to ask. Boy. Um, gosh, I, I didn't know the people they were, um, there was about seven men and okay. they had years trying to find the exact location. And I don't know who oh. they were, but I, a couple, of was it the bluff Creek from- project guys? I, I wonder so. if it Tell was, if you... um, you'd have like, uh, a rowdy Kelly, yep. uh, yep. Tate Hieronymus younger guy. Yep. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm good friends with Tate, but yeah, no, the bluff Creek project guys, you know, they're the ones that, uh, that kind of, you know, figured out a hundred percent where that location is and they can take you down there. So that's really cool how yep. we, we got that connection there for sure. So, that brings a question up though. How is it that you got an invitation to go out to the 50th? How did you get on the radar? It was, well, I certainly was not anybody and I wasn't in that circle, but uh, one of my other friends from Colorado had a friend that lived out there around Bluff Creek. I think she lived in Oregon and she knew some of those guys and they okay. were saying, hey, why don't you come down? We're having the 50th. So she said, well, how about if I invite some of my friends? So that's how I got invited. Mm. It was just a fluke. Oh, that's yeah, funny. She also, she also had a plan there, too, though. Yeah, I did. And uh, that was asking Bob to come to our event. And he did. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, okay, so that's how you got Bob to come out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I had been lectured many, many, many times. Do not ask Bob Gimlin <laughs> to come to the conference because I can tell you right now that he will not come. And so and, I said, okay, knowing I was going to. And you're like, and don't I, you tell me what to do because I'm asking Bob Gimlin yeah. to come out to well, Nebraska. <laughs> well, and I would think, what's the worst thing that could have happened? He would That's have said true. no. Yeah. So I walked up to him and they introduced me and I said, Bob, I have just one question for you. And he said, what's that? And I said, will you come to Nebraska to our conference? And he looked at me and he said, well, honey, I'd sure like to do that. <laughs> and he did. That's awesome. And he still calls me honey. <laughs> oh, wow. It was good. Very cool. Very cool. What a, what a fun, fun story. Um, yeah. This is a, uh, a question both of you could answer. So what was it that uh, walked me through uh, like the, the start of the museum or like when was it you got to the idea to create the museum in Nebraska and the history behind that? Well, same time that I saw Sir Edmund Hillary on the TV, um, we have a really nice big museum here in Hastings. And Mm -hmm. so every Saturday for years, I got on my bicycle and I rode over to the museum and the curator there 
let me go in the back room with him every Saturday and he would make exhibits and he put skeletons together and oh, wow. he did everything. And I thought, I want to be Burton Nelson. And I always wanted, always, always wanted to work in a museum and I wanted to be an anthropologist. Mm. Wow. That is cool. That is cool. Uh, Kenny, any thoughts about uh, the, the history of the museum, anything like that? Well, you know, she's talking about going to our local Hastings city museum and uh, uh you know, she loves going talking about the Murrow Hall Museum in Lincoln. Mm. So, just her uh, passion for bones. Um, she found a, a mammoth bone in her early ages. Oh wow! So I think that kind of got her seated and starting to um, grow in this, and she's come a long ways. Um, and I think the her bones and so, you know how she got started to kind of get uh get things going there so we have a good uh display in our museum of, of bones and uh, okay yeah that's cool so you found a mammoth bone when and you were when... oh wow i was 13 Oh man, how That's big was it? One of my prized possessions. It, it was a very, very, very um, it weighed 13 pounds. It was a fossil. Okay. And it was the top. Um, your femur is your leg bone. And it was the top, like on a chicken leg, how it looks like two big knobs. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Oh. Wow. 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 And uh, did you find it? Was it in like a field or like sticking out of a, a creek bed or like what kind of? environment was it, it in was, it was both it was in the southern part of nebraska okay and i was looking for arrowheads because chief red cloud mm. used to come there every year to hunt buffalo and um i was walking down a dry creek bed and i saw this round thing it was about as big as a grapefruit sticking out of the edge of, of the bank okay and i mean i certainly wasn't looking for an elephant elephant bone and um so all I could find was a stick. So I dug it out with a stick. And then at the time, you have to understand that I only weighed about 60 pounds. Okay. And this bone weighed 13. <laughs> wow. Carried yeah. a whole pile back to my aunt's house. Um, and then I oh, took man. it back to my museum again. Um, and I, second I walked in, they said, just like that, well, it's a woolly mammoth bone. Wow. So, oh, that's cool. So her, so her passion for the museum got her to start the museum in a uh, downstairs lower part of her house. And actually, okay. I believe uh, Dick, her husband, mentioned that. Um, did, did Dick didn't mention? How did how did you? Uh, how, he kind of wanted to know how did they. How did you get that to get started in our in your house like this? Um, my husband had recently died. But oh, it was okay. His, that we have the conference, ah. which um, that was his brainstorm, and then he died, and ah. then I went ahead and had it against all odds. Wow. But I had so many things um, 
you know, that were Bigfoot related. And I had studied ever since, like I said, I was eight years old. And um, I just have so many, many things. And then too, the speakers that have come to the conference, almost every single one of them have given me something that I've used for a display. Oh, that's so cool. So display here has a story behind it. Oh, every man. Single and I had so many things and I started looking for a site, but everything was way too expensive. I couldn't afford, you know, high sure. rent or anything. And sure. Well, and then one of my friends called me up and she said, Harriet, do you happen to have just a small little corner of your house that you could use? And I did have, because we used to do outdoor weddings here. Okay. And as soon as she said that, two o'clock the next morning, I was hauling my stuff out of, it was like a, a big room. And, um, and the very first thing I put in was my woolly mammoth bone. <laughs> and, totally. And I had things that these speakers had given me and friends and pictures. And, oh, I couldn't even begin to tell you all the things I have. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to ask, so let's say someone uh, is from the Midwest and they want to check out a Bigfoot museum. Can you give us maybe a little uh, taste of like the kind of, um, things that they would see in your museum and not like, you know, totally give away the farm, but maybe a little sample of what, what are things that you have in the museum? Um, well, at one time, um, I thought some of the skulls from Peru could possibly be Bigfoot or something. And I've since changed my mind, but my friend has the biggest fossil museum in Texas. So he gave okay. me a whole bunch of schools from Peru. And a really? lot of people, are you sure it's not a bear? So I have a bear skull and um, a gorilla's skull and okay. a copy of Neanderthal skulls. So people can look at them and they can compare them. And I've got lots and lots of casts. And Kenny is really an expert on bigfoot casts and i've got a lot of his and everything that he has just about in my mm. museum and um you know uh, then when i went to bluff creek i've got all the pictures that i brought that or that i took there myself okay. but then i brought back rocks and trees and driftwood and branches and all kinds of stuff so everything that's in the room where patty is is stuff that came originally from Creek. Oh, that's cool. That is really cool. That is cool. Kenny, how long have you been uh, casting tracks for, would you say? Oh, forever. <laughs> I mean, 20 year plus. Um, I've uh, recently been on a study for five years now of a group that I know is growing around a reservoir. And it's so neat to go up every year and I get excellent mud prints. And okay. Uh, a lot of snow prints because I have done most of my big footing in Colorado up in the high Rocky mountains. Okay. I've only, only been down in Nebraska. This is my home state, but I moved away at 15 and came back at 59. Okay. And, uh, so I'm still new down in here. I missed my Colorado, but up there, you know, this, the area that I did do the five year and continue still doing this, the footprints are getting bigger and we know they're the same. Uh, type of family because a friend of mine also has an area from where I'm at about a mile away 
and he's getting the same footprints on his mud over there on that reservoir. So oh, we wow. know these things travel in that area. And in five years, see, we put our stuff together. We work together. We don't have okay, this yeah, fighting. Yep. You've got better stuff than I got. We actually put it all together and, and really came up with the stuff that just blow it away. It's just, it's, um, but yeah, I've been casting for, I love casting uh, the little guys. I, my smallest one's about three and a half inches. And my biggest is around, uh, i ever gotten, it's around 23 inches. Um, I've gotten wow. three total. I've gotten three toed 12 and a half inch one. Um, so I've got, I love the mud and the, um, and the snow. And when I'm getting these prints, you know, they're so inline, it's unreal. It's like they mm. run like a tight. We're not walking this way. We're not walking it so inline like that. So that's what intrigues me about seeing that in the mud and snow too, because you see the carpet and you see the stride, you see the length, you see, they're not waddling like a duck. They're walking so inline. They're on a tight rope. So wow, it's, yeah, I love I love to cast footprints. I, That's awesome. Do you have any advice for uh, newer uh, people that are just getting into casting footprints? Do you have any ad- advice for yeah, newbies? Yeah, just one yesterday in Nebraska, a guy here found one on his property. So I watched him cast it and. He was, don't get so excited that you want to mix your, mm. your, mix your consistency of your pour. And I use, uh, I don't use hydrocal. You can use hydrocal, but I use a, uh, I just use a poor man's pour, plaster of Paris. And okay. I just mix it to a, a pudding consistency, but really mix it well. And then before I spray the, or pour the cast, I will spray it sometimes with a, say, if I have paint, I'll use paint. If I have hairspray, I'll use that. A lot of times in the Rockies, in the snow, I'll use a wax spray that you put on your skis. So I kind of coat the um, print a little bit. And instead of reaching in and trying to gouge out con- contamination in the print, I have a little blowout bubble. I can just blow contamination out. Try to clean the print up a little bit. But don't need to do your pour. Just do, do your pour consistency like a pudding. And like okay. just pour it in. I take and put straps of uh, what you strap your uh, sheetrock with, that cape. I use oh, yeah, sure. And I, I just put it on the back of it. So now when it gets all hard and toughens out, it's it, it, you want a tendency, people want to pull them early and then you snap them, and break mm. them. Yeah. But yeah, there's, so just prepare your cast. And then don't be sloppy in your pour. And I try to keep inside the pour, not try to just blot it. Just pour it all, all right. out. I try to keep into the form, but you know, after all these years of doing it, you learn certain ways, and and it's uh, um, it's very hard to get prints. People say it's so hard to get prints. Yeah, it is, but I seem to get a lot in my years. <laughs> I love that. That's good advice, Kenny. Thank you. Uh, going off the topic of advice, do you guys have any advice uh, also for? Let's say if a listener is like, you know, I would love to start a cryptozoology museum or I'd like to start a cryptozoology conference. Do you have any advice for either of those? Because those are huge undertakings, I would imagine. Well, I want to jump in on that. 14 years ago in Estes Park, Colorado, I came in and there wasn't even a Bigfoot t-shirt in town. <clears throat> Their awareness of the Sasquatch was or the forest people were kneeled. It was something that they thought it was an fortune there. 
prior to me getting there. I don't know how anybody can't believe there's not Bigfoots around Estes Park. You at the foot of the Rocky Mountain National Park. Well, so I started having events and I would have, uh, you know, like David Plot has helped me a lot. And Dennis, oh, wow. Poles from, Dennis Poles from the Erickson Project would help me a lot too. And uh, actually Dennis was my mentor. He showed me how to be more of a scientific thinker and not so unorthodox. I was very kind of researcher, would take the pictures, run home, circle everything and say it was a Bigfoot, you know. But <laughs> right. <laughs> the good people I surrounded myself with matured me. And I had a bunch of uh, conferences. So the town was like, you know, he's having these conferences and, and he's drawing people in. And uh, so I had six of them. Finally, they came in and says, look, we're going to fund your conference. We're going to call it Bigfoot Days. And we'd like for you to run this. And I've ran it for two years. We've been canceled oh, wow. for two years in Estes Park. But with Harriet, as far as how we met, you know, she wanted some work done on this museum. And I came down and did about a week's worth of work and working in her museum. And that's how we met. So um, it was kind of nice to meet her. And then she uh, offered her museum. And also we have a friend in Bailey, Colorado, the Sasquatch Outpost. Oh, yeah, so sure. We all, try yep. to, we all try to work together as a, a unit. And we coincide with each other. And, uh, you know, between uh, the two museums, we do a lot of uh, functions. And we just got done doing an event. And okay. Bailey, me and Harriet went up with Igor and uh, had an right. event. Up so, yeah, we work together. Awesome. Anything to add to that, Harriet? Any advice you might give to people looking into doing this? <laughs> well, the first piece of advice is consider winning the lottery. <laughs> ah, yes. Good advice. But, yeah. But um, I think with Kenny and I, I think we make a perfect match because we're positive thinkers mm -hmm. and we bounce ideas off of each other. And also, like he said, um, with Jim Myers in Bailey at his museum. Sure. And, you know, I think <clears throat> three heads are better than one. Mm -hmm. And just because we don't do an idea this year doesn't mean it's canceled forever. Sometimes it's next year. Gotcha. And the other thing that I just wanted to mention that Kenny and I were so thrilled and so honored at the end of our conference um, here in Hastings, which was just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Igor um came from Moscow, Russia to be one of our speakers. And we were, that was just over the top. We were so mm. excited, but at the end of the conference, Igor um, invited Kenny and I and a couple other of the people that are, that work with us here, that we would be members of his Russian hominology of the forest people. And they oh, wow. never had americans in their group before ever that's cool so um that was just boy that was a high point yeah um, we have yeah, yeah. speakers here right but our old speakers our, our old guys are, are dropping left and right we're losing our guys and what do we have <laughs> that's, it's true it's true kenny yeah yeah and what do we have to follow up on that like you said we have good speakers here but to have igor here and know all these years and to spend two weeks with them after that event we went over to the omaha reservation and oh wow uh, see nebraska oh man did, did i was so grateful to have them out in the field with me. that's how 
Um, that is really cool. Yeah. So. I would have a lot of listeners uh, come after me if I was, if I don't bring this up because this year's I Nebraska Bigfoot conference became yeah. very yeah. popular for, you know, like it got picked up by coast to coast and you guys were all over the place. Can you walk me through uh, what happened that everyone had their eyes on the Nebraska Bigfoot conference? I'll tell you what, I'm going to let Harriet right. start. To- all right, <laughs> go okay. ahead. The very first thought that I had was this was not planned. It was not a publicity stunt or anything. Yep. We had just gone past the noon hour and um, Igor had just started to speak, which was scheduled. And um, I don't think he was into his talk five minutes and his telephone rang. Here he is up on stage. So he answers the phone and it's this guy named Alex, which we're looking, all of us, you know, you're going, who's Alex? We didn't mm-hmm. know. Igor was so excited and he started yelling, but he was in Russian. We couldn't understand mm. him. And this person on the phone, then he would yell back and then and then Igor, da, 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 and, and we're still, what's going on here? And the bottom line is this Alex, of course, in Russia, it was the middle of the night. Okay. Here, it's about two in the afternoon or something like that. And the bottom line was Igor had been going up there and he would spend like a month or so with this Alex and a couple other guys. Oh, wow. In a tr- and they got some of the Bigfoot in that area started coming around their trailer a lot. Okay. And time they came, they would speak just like Ron Moorhead. If you've ever heard the Sierra sounds. That's okay. So that's awesome. You brought that up and I'll tell you why in a few minutes. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and you know, they've tested the Sierra sounds a zillion mm-hmm. times and it comes back. Scott Nelson, it's the real deal. And so in the meantime, Igor's yelling at Alex in Russian and we're just kind of going on for the ride. And basically this Russian guy said, um, Igor translated it something to the effect that he has got this Bigfoot is standing right there next to him. Wow. And we were, that's what we said, plus a couple other things. Mm -hmm. And so this Bigfoot guy started making all kinds of sounds. His voice was different than the recording that Ron Moorhead had, but sure. I mean, on the other side of the world. Right. And so we just listened to this conversation back and forth for five minutes or at least. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Most of it, we did not understand what they were saying, but um, basically that was it. And so now we are in the process of having that tape and the same thing happened out in Colorado that we're having both of those. Oh, it did. Okay. Analyzed by a speech linguist who can tell us, first of all, if it mm. was a fake yep. or a hope, or okay. if like the Sierra sounds, it turned out to be the real thing. Right. Exactly. Look what, what Ron Moorhead went through Yep. Uh, with Sierra sounds. Now, what if this is legit guys? Igor's not out there to to discredit nobody. He's very pure mm-hmm. guy. The guy is 80, 
one years old and he's got so much years of credibility that this could just the news and the could just trash him on this and uh but you know guys what if it is real and and he is now i know what you're saying i have done between the, the sierra sounds and i've got tapes you guys don't have because i'm right up on the stage at one point in time in this conversation beginning they got that the the forest being Igor does not like to say bigfoot to call him forest okay beings. sure it it's humans it's a feral human of some type so he uh, th- that uh at one time i heard it say his name it said Igor Gushev, and oh, then wow. it but if you try to take the sarah sounds listen to it and take that tapes and listen to it that's what we're going to do now. We're going to have somebody that um, can do this, Expert. analyze it, yeah, and give us a better hypothesis of what we were listening to. We weren't That's trying smart. to hoax. It wasn't trying to be a hoax on that. Yep. Igor's intentions is there to discredit. It's just a man that's brought us so many years of his research, and that was sprung, that was sprung on us. Mm-hmm. So just so mm. you guys know. That's cool. And like uh... – so we, a group of us were having a discussion about, about that event, like right after it happened the next day or two. And they were like, this just sounds so crazy. I'm like, guys, think of the Sierra sounds. Think of what happened when those first came out, how much backlash and people being like, Oh, are you sure? And now the Bigfoot community is like, Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, that's, that's legit. And like, what's to say this isn't something similar. Like it's incredible. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the study by the linguists to see what happens next. And also you can add to that list. What was it like when the Patterson Gimlin film came out? Yeah. That's 50 years old and they're still analyzing it and saying it was some guy wearing a monkey suit. That's true. So that's why I was like kicking myself because I, I was like, oh, yeah, nothing, nothing big will happen at the Nebraska Bigfoot conference this year. Uh, and then it's like literally well, probably the third biggest thing in Bigfoot history probably happened. You know, it's it's yeah. it's ridiculous. So good for you and guys. And, yeah. And it happened just unexpectedly. It's just like it yeah. was just like it just happened, guys. There was nothing planned on that. And like you're saying, man, that's a big, big deal to us. It is. Actually, it is. Because it's not about the glorification of things. It's about the education of things. Exactly. And blew everything that we believed in and the foundation of the things that we believe in. That's just that that mm-hmm. phone call. It, when it went through the Bigfoot community, like you said, like, oh, oh my goodness. Crazy. I'm, it was bad. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I knew we were going to get massacred the second that it happened. And Honestly, the first day I thought, what are they thinking of? How could how could this Alex think of pulling a hoax like that on us in the middle of the conference? And and I was just so shocked. And boy, that just blew the whole bottom out of the conference. Oh, but I then bet. the next when I kind of could think about it, then I was thinking the other way, but what if? It was the real deal. Mm. And I mean, I can't even imagine what the, like Kenny just said, what are the ramifications of that? I don't know. Totally. I, I mean, yeah. and you know what? we're as much in the dark as all the people out there are that are mm-hmm. criticizing us, conference and Igor and 
everything else. So that's the only thing we can do is wait till we get the results. And when we get the results, you should call us back and talk to us again. I would love to, if you're, if you, you let me know and we will have a follow-up. Like I have no problem with that. That would be fantastic. Um, I love uh, every interview. I love to ask a group of the same questions and it's interesting to see how different interviewees have different uh, answers. So um, I will uh, go through those questions if that's all right. And you're both welcome to answer them. Um, so what is a thing that you wish more people asked you about? And we could say this is regarding Bigfoot if you want. that's about one of the hardest questions that i can <laughs> ever think of being asked yeah it is i it know is. when people come to the museum or when they come from to the conference the only thing that i really want is if they would just bring an open mind uh, and they have a lot of skeptics that come and i really like skeptics because uh, they ask really good questions and you have to stand there and think what do i really believe about whatever or what do i even know about it and it sure. really makes you and evaluate you know whatever the question is mm. yeah that that's good that's good um any uh anything to add to that kenny anything you wish uh people talk to you more about uh bigfoot or asked you more about bigfoot yes kenny he said um, is there anything that you say that again for him? Uh, is there that anything question? that you wish people talk to you more about regarding Bigfoot or asked you more about regarding Bigfoot? Uh, it's how we can, it, I'll always get how we can catch them. It's how uh, can we not, you know, how can we be more passionate to them? Everybody wants to get a body and get and kill them and, Oh, so it's just more of a protection, more people would ask, how can we, you know, be more passionate towards them instead of trying to you know, always trying to kill them and get a body. Sure. Um, and then, you know, just, um, but, you know, any question we get, it's, it's a, um, a question that's, it's, uh, sometimes it's got answers and sometimes it's got more questions to it. So. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, Good answers. What are what are the top books that someone getting into Bigfoot research should have on their bookshelf? Are there any favorites that you have? You know, Harriet's more of a reader. Okay. Than me, but but uh, I, you know, Igor just gave me one of one of his books. Um, but he his problem is he doesn't have a lot of them. He didn't get ah. a lot of prints. But uh, um. Harriet, what do you think? What, what would you, what would you, uh, oh, I like Ron Moorhead's books on Sierra Sounds. I yep, started yep. way back, um, in the 50s with uh, Charles Darwin and the okay. origin of the species. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Jeff Meldrum has some good books. Um, I like Autumn Williams has the book Enoch. Yeah, yeah I really, oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yep. Um, I just, there is so many books. Cliff Brackman, he's got some excellent ones out. Um, Zana, the story of Zana. Zana. 
you know. Zana was um, Igor's story. Okay. Which is okay. unfolding since 1870. And nice. there's another really, really hot book on the market right now. It's called A Walk on the Weird Side Across Nebraska. Really? Okay. Yeah. That would be Harriet's book that she wrote. Oh, about is, I didn't know you had a book. That's cool. I have to check well, this out. When you talked to me, I didn't have one that I was waiting for it to be published. Oh, okay. So this is this is pretty new. It's brand new. Oh my goodness. Yep. Congratulations. Yep. That's huge. What's this book Thank all you. about? Actually, it is a true story that really happened in Nebraska just a year ago on Memorial Day. Mm. And um they got up on that Sunday morning and the flag in the cemetery was completely ruined. Oh. And it just caused an uproar because it was a small town. There's only 54 people in the whole town. And um, a lady came to the museum and told me the story. And um, she talked about how the flag was braided. And in one of my rooms, I have got a whole exhibit on the horsehair that they think the Bigfoot um, are braiding. Oh, really? That. Um, you know, I, I've heard uh, stories to do with something similar to that before. Yeah. Yep. Well, I've got a whole exhibit on that. And as oh, really? Oh, okay. Telling me the story, she stopped and <clears throat> she said, in fact, the flag in garrison looks exactly like the horsehair that you have got braided in your Whoa. room back. Interesting. I about I about fainted. I'm not kidding you. Okay. And so we begin to investigate it. Kenny was on my team. We went down there a couple times, and the second I saw the flag, I knew it was exactly hmm. exactly like the horsehair braid. Oh, wow. And I thought I was going to write just a little teeny pamphlet that would kind of tell about it. But as it turns out, that story goes back over 30 years. Had all oh, of my. these happenings have been going on and on. But the people didn't realize all they just say, well, something really weird happened at my farm or, you know, right. they never put it together. And when I started collecting these stories, okay. I was just amazed. So, hmm. where can people pick up that that book? Is that an Amazon thing or? Um, it's on my website. Oh, okay. Yeah, they can just go on and look at it there, and um, you know, there's lots of people of uh, Don Monroe and uh, Joe Taylor and uh, Ron Moorhead mm. and a lot of those people all added chapters to my book. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Very, very my, cool. Just not my thinking. <clears throat> All right. We'll have to have that uh, linked in the show notes for sure. Um, the next group of questions are uh, pretty much, uh, well, the first one is uh, what are, uh, how do you explain what Bigfoot is? What is Bigfoot according to you? That's, that's a quite yeah. the question. I know. Well, I'll tell you, you know, for a lot of years, a, a bipedal hominid, human uh mm. a missing a missing link something in there that's uh 
between got bred in there in that link of uh, the uh, marsupials that we come from, whatever. So the uh, uh, many years of a gigantic pithecus, like just, mm. just, just many years of hearing DNA, but you always hear we have the mother, but we my carnal, but we don't have a male. You think, why do I always get the female? We can't get a male. So then, uh, now I'm talking 30 years of me or more in the field that just last year I had an incident happen to me where, you know, a lot of times out there, I always thought, uh, it's another side to this. Are we connected on the alien side? And I was like, uh, mm. that, goes, that goes a little bit more deeper with me now that I think that maybe there's something in there that we got alien in us too. But uh, what do I think they are? You know, that's the question on who has the answer. Um, I know that what I've seen, what I have seen out there in the four sightings I've had, sure, that they are more human. They are uh, not that monkeyish uh, looking. I've seen them. I've seen them with the nose, uh, the eyebrows stuck so far back in their head, and the nose protruding up the chin. It just looked like a Cro-Magnum man, just more of a, a oh, caveman, wow. but in a sickly manner. And this one was a red one. It was over eight feet. And the way it, it looked at me was a stare that was, uh, it didn't want to, I had no fear in me from it. I just thought all he has to do is just take a few steps and stomp on top of me. <laughs> and, yeah, and right. He, oh, man. He didn't do it because... Yeah. You want to hear about more about our sightings? We can go on and on and on more about my sightings. But uh, what do I think they are? I think they're uh, more to like us. I think they have a they have a family group. They have feelings. I think they they tend to their dead. Uh, mm. I don't think they discard it. They don't think they discard them in a way that's uh, to them it's uh, meaning it's meaningful. And a Bigfoot chooses you in sightings people think you're going to go out and get them no they know who you are and they'll give it to you when they want mm. so uh well what are they you know uh i don't know harriet what do you think on that <laughs> hey that's a pretty i like that answer though kenny thank you go ahead harriet that was i i agree with kenny 100 <clears throat> but i also would like to add they are so intelligent they are so smart that I'm constantly amazed at the things they do. And just mm. like going back to that flag, when it first happened, I was really angry because I thought it was vandalism. Oh, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and I thought I just couldn't imagine that somebody would do that, you know, to the flag in a little cemetery. And as I look at it now, I think when I look at those first grades, they are so intricate. And some of them are really, really small. And you look hmm. at the structures that they make. Some of them, I mean, they're so beautiful. They're like huge, big stars and A's and stuff like oh, that. Wow. And now I'm beginning to think that the flag was not an act of vandalism. I think they were making the braids. Um, hmm. you know, they're, they're really, boy, they are really interesting. Kenny and I, we've spent hours looking at that flag. Um, and it's really, it's really something to see. That is fascinating. And I'm definitely going to have to check out that, that museum. I mean, especially if there's an exhibit on that, um, the next few. So we kind of sprinkle in some other non big footy things. So 
Do you guys have any thoughts on the cryptid Mothman at all? Well, and if you, you know, just want to say no, then that's cool. Yeah. We'll just skip right on over. No, no sweat. Well, well, it's just like the dog man. I've seen that. So I can't say there isn't a Mothman. There's, there's stories of that moose underneath the water. It's got gills. I don't know what you call them. The, the linger, the light, the lion and the, the oh, liger. Yeah, the liger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. you know, stuff like this, this you know, mm -hmm. I, I, we, I don't know. I just, you know, it's what I've seen out there. I cannot say to anybody, no, you didn't see it or no, it's not. True. I, I yeah. Can only say yeah. Is, I can only wrap around and say, you know, I've seen things and uh, I can't say that I have. I can't, I don't, All I right. don't say that. So. All right. So Mothman, not just, so much. Oh, go ahead. So I don't agree with that. All right. <laughs> because, um, I was in Texas a couple of years ago. I was a speaker at a conference there. And Texas is just a weird place where I was because they have everything you could ever imagine. They have got sure. pterodactyls. They've got UFOs. They have got aliens. Oof. They've got Bigfoot, uh, Chupacabra. They've got everything where I was at. And anyway, um, they asked me to interview two women. And both of them had face-to-face up-close encounters with a mothman oh wow and one of them actually with her car and she showed me this big dent in her front passenger side bender and no um, the reason i believed it is because when these women were telling me their stories they were so animated and mm. this one woman just broke out in a sweat and their eyes were as big as golf balls and they told me that story like it had just happened five minutes ago. Wow. And that's one way that I judge a lot of stories that I hear between, you know, it's a con job or it's the real thing. And exactly. both of these women have lived in community their whole life. Both of them, one was a nurse's aide, one was an RN, and mm -hmm. their husbands own businesses right there in town. They've got excellent reputations. And even to come out, and tell their story that was really big deal for them yeah that's huge that's huge that's <laughs> awesome uh next up would be do we have any thoughts about the cryptid dog man at all <laughs> well you know i know that it was in the afternoon and i'm hiking down a trail and then in my years of doing this i've learned uh listen to your senses and Okay. A lot of times you always feel like there's something out there watching. Uh, and, you know, once in a while, I in my early days, I just turn around and take pictures. Scott Carpenter did it a lot by carrying a camera that was faced behind him. So sure. as he's walking forward, he's getting shots from behind and you're going to see him look up and down. And oh, man. so, so I thought, you know, uh, that I would do something like that. And uh, um, so what I do is, I'm walking down the trail this one day, it's about 1230 sunlight. And I have that feeling, look around and, and look up in the trees. A lot of people look on the ground and they're looking, I look up in the trees a lot too. So I turn around, look up over in the tree and there is a creature up in the uh, trees and he's on a limb. He's just kind of looking down at me. He looks like a bear dog. And, and all I know is, that something said to me as I turn around and I have my camera and my days always at my chest. So I turn around, I take a picture of this. 
thing looking down at me. And all I did was just turn around and walk on my way. It was like, uh, yeah. I'm not getting no further on this. Yep. And uh, I, I just got away. And people say, boy, you're lucky you got away. You're lucky you didn't carry up. I thought, you know, I, I got the picture of it. It's up in the tree. Could be a bear. But to me, it looked more doggish. But, mm. but you know, uh, the, uh, um, oh, the, the uh, skinwalkers and, and the, um, Oh sure. The, yeah, I don't know. It's enough. but you know, this was daytime and uh um it was pretty clear. I mean what I saw. So wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Any thoughts about uh dogman at all, Harriet? I can tell you the truth, I do not know one thing about a dogman other than what I've read for the pictures, but and that's okay. <laughs> if somebody like Kenny tells me that story and I know yep. him and I trust him, if he says it, then I believe it. There you go. There you go. Uh, mm -hmm. The next one. So uh, the last script that I bring up, and this is, this is our uh, favorite regional one in Iowa. You guys have any thoughts about the Van Meter visitor? Have you ever heard about that guy before? If you haven't, mean? it's okay. He's a pretty small guy, but it's um, uh winged cryptid yeah. from 1903. Huh. No, I no. don't know. Oh, you should check it out. We have a festival every year in September. It's kind of like uh the version of uh, well, it's like a winged creature that terrorized the small town of Van Meter for a few days in September 1903, and then they they uh, got him out in a mine and blew him to kingdom come. So classic American tale, of course. Uh, what would you consider the top evidence for Bigfoot? And this is our, uh, our last final question we cap it off with. Well, we can go from the Roger Patterson film to mm -hmm. the, I, you know, guys, I like the Paul Freeman film too. Like oh, wow. Yeah. In his voice on how he, sounded on that but you know here we go again it's everybody just ridicules everything anyways so um you know the sierra sounds if you want to listen to uh vocalizations in that part as far as good film footage you know what do we have we have patty patty mm. from patty it's got to be one of the most still to this day got to be the most credible one uh film out there that i think um, sure yep but, you know, you're going to have the dryer, uh, you're going to have the ice man, you're going to have all that crap that stinks everything up. Mm -hmm. And we know, we know Patty wasn't a movie produ production crew making, I mean, uh, that was a, she is, was there and they got her and it's probably one of the best film to this day. Like, no doubt. No doubt. Harriet, your thoughts? I agree 100%. Um, whenever people come to the museum, I have different pictures of Patty around the famous one. And oh, cool. that's what I say. I said, that is the best picture in history. It's mm. clear, enhanced it now. M.K. Davis did oh, yeah, that. Oh, sure. yeah, sure. Fantastic job. And, um, you know, there's so much evidence that she was the real thing that I, I just can't imagine people still saying well was it in a monkey suit and all that plus we know the most ultimate one is you know you're a a believer and when you see one you become the knower yeah, then you know there's a real 
Hmm. How do you not, how to share that with people unless you've seen one? Yeah. Um, then you know for a fact, yeah, it's like looking at the, I always said it's like looking at the end of the rainbow, watching the leprechaun flipping the golden coins out, laughing at you, going, yeah, I'm real. <laughs> looking at this, and you're going, my God, you are, you're right there. You're, you're, you're real. I mean, my first sighting was, I kept saying in my head, oh my God, they're real. Oh my God, they're real. All these years looking for them. And be careful when you do find them because uh, mm. better prepared when you do. A lot of people, I'll go out and find sure. one. Well, yeah, but be prepared when you see one because it will change you uh, mentally. It'll change you physically. It'll change your drives. It emotionally. changes wow. emotionally. It just, it can be something that is, can destroy your life or just make it more better i would think but but i Mm. I think yeah that's intense that's intense Mm -hmm. Um, and who knows someday someone might answer this question uh let's imagine 50 years from now they might say you know i think the best evidence was when uh bert talked to that bigfoot on the phone and back in 21 (laughs) wouldn't that be something in nebraska yeah Yeah, in nebraska (laughs) yeah who knows we'll see what the uh the investigation brings up right they'll be fun fun to see so, so you were saying that that hit pretty much the community me and harry didn't get in none of the repercussions on it we just let it go we don't even know where it went so it sounds like you said it went to coast to coast and it was- went everywhere kenny it was uh mm. it was on major mm. news well in our circles coast to coast is major news outlet right like if you think about it but so what happened is some guy in the audience uh, taped it and put it up on YouTube and then all like coast to coast, put it up on their website. And then everyone in the entire, like, I know a lot of people and everyone was talking about Nebraska Bigfoot conference. Like that was huge, huge, huge news. But uh, yeah. Next year. <laughs> yeah come next year man. who knows what will happen next year but uh kenny and harriet thanks so much for hanging out with me uh tonight do you mind uh kind of sharing like if uh people want to keep up to date with what you're doing uh what they can do to follow uh what you guys are up to we would love that you know um we've always been a people group so we hear lots of t- stories and letters and texts and all kinds of things. And the website here is BigfootNebraskaMuseum.com. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You're good. I got a site on Facebook called Bigfoot Loose, L-O-O-S, Bigfoot Loose USA slash Facebook. And you're going to see in there, oh gosh, hundreds of videos of me up in Estes Park for 14 years. You're going to see castings, just okay. track lines. You see that Facebook page shows a lot of what I've done out in the field as a researcher, boots on the ground, nice. researcher, mud on the heels, tracking my hand and wide eyed with the story, you know, just for a lot of years. And uh, so big foot awesome. blues USA. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, and uh, you still okay with uh, hanging out for a few extra minutes to chat about a few more uh, stories. Uh, awesome. Okay. Um, so they are cool with uh, doing that as for the uh, Patreon supporters of the podcast is patreon.com forward slash 
Bigfoot Society. If you want to hear mm-hmm. uh, some extra stories, uh, you can help support the podcast for $5 a month. But thanks so much for coming on, uh, Kenny and Harriet, and have a good one. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Again, a big thank you to Harriet and Kenny for coming on the podcast and talking about all things Nebraska Bigfoot. If you're in the Hastings, Nebraska area, uh, take a trip to their museum and plan to attend their conference uh, next year. Big things are coming up in the future. And uh, Bigfoot Society After Dark has some crazy encounter stories this week, probably the most we've ever had. So enjoy that. Do me a favor, pick up a sticker from my Etsy shop. It'll get me to the Cryptid Festivals coming out this year and more content for you. Thank the supporting members of the Bigfoot Society Patreon. Uh, we have Surfetes, uh, Josh Sewich from the Starfall Collective on Twitch, Greg Morrill from the Order 66 podcast, with Coco Van Boxtel from Strange Little Lands, Daniel Fuller with Caveman Resale on eBay, Lauren from Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. And if you're not a Patreon member and you're just a listener, thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, Go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at bigfootsocietypodcast.com you can always go to instagram at bigfoot society and we have a tiktok now it gets pretty crazy there bigfoot bigfoot dot society at bigfoot dot society one last thing guys we need to talk about the new clubhouse app Uh, it's currently in beta it is an audio only platform i am currently setting up uh the cryptozoology community on clubhouse so if you have clubhouse look up uh my name which is public and out there jeremiah byron and um it's username at bigfoot society and add me so that you can be in the clubhouse bigfoot society room that'll be happening every week at uh wednesday night 9 30 p.m central standard time it's a great time we've got a lot of people already in there uh you're gonna get hooked so check it out also regarding Clubhouse today, uh, Sunday, May 9th, uh, Clubhouse is now open to all Android users. So if you've been holding off because you're on Android, now is the time to download the app, get plugged into the community. We hang out every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, talk about cryptozoology. If you go to my Instagram profile, Epic for Society, uh, it's in the link tree there about where to download the Android Clubhouse app. So go on. <laughs> Go ahead, let's get going. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.